I had that lowest of low moment after trying to take my life and I realized, what about what I read in the gospel about Jesus being in pursuit of us? And I thought, you know what? Something about that is different and I'm going to force myself to go back to church. And I did. And that was an altar moment in my life. This is Changing the Narrative. I'm your host, David Reeves, and we are changing the narrative. We have been spoon-fed a narrative of naturalism, spoon-fed a narrative in the media. We have been spoon-fed a narrative for the last several generations in schools, and that narrative is not always the truth. Well, we're getting back to truth. We're changing the narrative, and today I've got someone who has been changing the narrative all over Christian radio. It's Tasha Layton. Welcome to the program. Thanks for having me. It's an honor. It is great to have you in studio. Uh, You know what? Give us a little teaser because you're not just in studio. Here in about uh, 20 minutes or so, you're headed down to do a concert in the theater. I'm so excited. My husband and my friend Walt are with me. They're going to play with me and we're going to do a concert. And I, I love settings like this because it's intimate enough to be able to share the stories behind the songs. And so I feel like it's so much more meaningful when you hear the story behind the song, when you hear the song on the radio. So uh, I'm super excited. It's going to be a good night. <laughs> well, we're certainly looking forward to it. Tell me just a little bit about how you got into this. Your kind of your origin story. Oh, gosh might be another podcast (laughs) you might have to start up i um i grew up in south carolina in a christian home Mm. we were we went to church every sunday morning every sunday night every wednesday night and uh, but what i knew of god and religion was sort of the shoulds and the shouldn'ts right the hard pew the frilly socks that itched because i was a child of the 80s you know it's just (laughs) like one thing right after another and then when we switched churches when i was eight or nine I remember walking in and sensing God's presence for the first time. I knew that there was a power greater than me. And I was eight or nine, and uh, it just really struck me, and I became really hungry to know about the Bible. Um, I joined the youth worship team. I went on missions trips. I uh, joined one of those groups that goes around and, you know, recites scripture, and did I did all that stuff. And um, it was awesome. I was a leader in my school and in all these Bible studies. And then, um, I was really wounded in the church, uh, in my teenage years. And so much so that is another podcast for another day. Um, but so much so that I ended up walking away from the church and it was so toxic that the, the church split. Um, my family also left the church and I went searching. I, went to Buddhist meditation camp and synagogue and mosque. And I studied mysticism in Europe for a couple summers. I tried to be an atheist. <laughs> it was like, I tried everything and I was hurting so badly. I, I needed something to fill that void. And I also needed to know that I believed what I believed because I believed it, right. not because I had been told my whole life or that I was on an emotional high or something. Uh-huh. And so we, um, I ended up, you know, at the end of that road of searching, just becoming very disillusioned and isolated, very depressed. And I try to take my life and anybody who knows that about me now would never believe it because I have so much joy. I I am full of life. I love my life. It's amazing. And I feel free. I never thought I could feel free in life. And, um, but all that to say, you know, I, I had that lowest of low moment 
after trying to take my life and I realized, you know, in, in all these other religions, we're having to strive to reach God or reach enlightenment or to be good enough. Even in the religious spirit of Christianity, we're striving to be good enough or earn God's best. That's right. That's the shoulds and shouldn't haves without the love of God. Yes, exactly. And so I thought to myself, self, what about what I read in the gospel about Jesus being in pursuit of us that we love because he first loved us. Mm-hmm. Emmanuel, God with us. He he came to pursue us first and I thought, you know what? Something about that is different and I'm going to force myself to go back to church and I did. And a year later, still didn't feel a thing. I was so numb. But the pastor said, if you want a touch from God, come up at the end of service and we want to pray for you. And I left three hours later, just wow. a sobbing mess. And that was an altar moment in my life. It was a defining point that changed the trajectory of of my life. And so I ended up going to seminary and had another little uh, mini meltdown, I'll call it, later in life because I just felt stuck, which I'll talk about at some point. But yeah. um I ended up moving to Nashville and didn't have any aspirations to do music. Uh, I thought I wanted to be the next Beth Moore and write Christian books, you know, and I I moved here because I knew that it was kind of the center of Christian publishing. And um, I had a suitcase and a willing heart. And months later, through crazy circumstances, I ended up... um, getting a record deal because I was writing songs to pitch for other people. And my husband sat me down and he said, Tasha, I think you're fighting the will of God. I think you're fighting your calling because you don't want to be considered a narcissist or any of the other things you've known some artists to be. And um, you're afraid of what people are going to think of you being called an artist. And so he said, you need to go away and pray about that. And when I did, I was like, oh, he's right. (laughs) And so um, I said yes. And immediately after I said yes, I would say it's two weeks from then, from that point, I was offered a deal. And so here I am today sitting with you doing this podcast. (laughs) Isn't that, so here's the deal. What I have found is oftentimes we think we have everything figured out. We've got this trajectory that we want to try to follow, but if we're open to the Lord's calling, it can be something so much bigger than we could ever imagine. Yeah. And that's what I've experienced all my life, including this facility. Yeah. It's like, it's like, all you're doing is you're just trying to remain open to what the Lord has for you. And obviously, my goodness, you have just right now in radio, what what is going out? What's your latest singles that are going out in radio right now? Uh, the latest single is called Never. Okay. And it's it's doing well. I mean, it's I think it's really resonating with people yeah. because the chorus is never forgotten, never forsaken. I'm never abandoned. I'm safe in your hands, always and forever. People have needed that message of being never forgotten. And I, I love what you just said about, you know, letting go of the reins of your life. It was when I let go of control yeah. and got away from my list of what I thought life should be. Yeah. Again, I was shooting myself (laughs) when I let go of that that's when life began to blossom you know you make an excellent point I think that there's kind of a a theme here because basically what I've found is that when I go on television and and people interview me and they say David you know how did you get this far and I'm always like I think the reason I got this far is because I wasn't trying to get this far yeah you know it's it's what is your 
three-year plan? What is your five-year plan? And I have to be honest, I have no three-year plan. I have no five-year plan. I Do got I... rid of mine too. Yes. I did. I'm so type A. And I, I had a, a one year, a three year, a uh-huh. five year, a 10 year. And I literally, I will I will never forget this moment. I lived in Los Angeles for 10 years mm-hmm. and I walked into my studio apartment that probably cost a mortgage, you know, right. and I printed out my plans and I put a big red X on it and I, <laughs> I taped it. it onto my front door so that every time I left, I saw not my will, but But yours be done. And it was a scary point, but God says, I will do beyond what you could ask or think. My ways are higher. My thoughts are higher. His perspective is so much greater than ours. And we, we stay in this box of safety because we think that's where I can control and that's where I, I won't be rejected or I, yeah. I know I can do this. Yes. But our fear of looking stupid holds us back. That is and, so true. And then if we just break out of that box, oh my gosh, what can God do? Uh, what I've found is that all of those things that I've written down over the years that I thought, you know, okay, maybe this, maybe that. And then I completely put everything aside and I'm like, whatever you want, Lord. Yeah. Well, 10 years down the road, I look back and a lot of those things are checked off. They happened, yeah. but I was not looking for them to happen at all because they happened on in the Lord's time, His right? His timing. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you mentioned writing. Yeah. Now, you've written one book? I've written two, two books, books, and I'm, I have another that's almost done. It's actually a children's book, so okay. I'm super excited about that because I have two little miracle babies. And so I'm excited because I've seen a gap in children's books that I'm hoping to fill. And so uh, as just as a parent, but the first book I wrote is called Boundless. And I like to describe this as the process God and my therapist took me through to get me free. Uh I referenced a mini meltdown earlier, and that is what this book, um, this is the gold of what God gave me in that season to sort of dig up the roots of what was happening in my life. Because, you know, scripture says the enemy is the father of lies. He's not powerful enough to take us out, but if he can get us to believe a lie, we'll self-destruct. And so I think many of us are living our lives through those lenses of, I'm not good enough. I'm not this, I'm to that, I'm to this. And God wants to define us. We don't want the world to define us, our flesh, our culture, any kingdom but his Mm -hmm. to define us. And I needed to dig out. I needed some psychology to help me dig out the roots of where those things started, because often, um, you know, psychologists say our systems are set between five and six. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of things that we deal with and patterns that crop up in our lives are even from childhood as early as that. And so I needed psychology to help me get to the bottom of some things. And then I needed the Holy Spirit to heal it. I needed both. It can't be either or sometimes you need both. And God made the people who created psychology. (laughs) So, I mean, uh, so that is what boundless is about. It's a workbook. It's hard. A lot of people go through it with their therapists. Um, I have a leader guide, but I just keep forgetting to print it. I need to publish it, but I wrote a leader guide for it too, so that people could um, go through it in groups if they feel. And that also goes through a little bit of your story of Mm -hmm. how you were able to to get through that. Yes, you, it you goes even, through a lot of my story. You know, you mentioned, um, you mentioned even thoughts of, of taking your life, right? Yeah, I mean, that's... I tried. Wow. It, it's... When we see that there are 22 veteran suicides every single day, 
that mm. teen suicide is on the rise. We see these atrocities taking place. And, you know, a lot of people wonder why. And psychologists are studying it, trying to figure this out. And then we realize that these last few generations, you know, you back up just four generations and everybody was told, you know, you got a purpose. You were created yeah. with a purpose. You you are wonderfully made, right? And yet these last few generations have been taught, you're an accident. You're, you're mm. just a piece of the cosmos. Uh, yeah. You know, star stuff is all you are. And that's these top astrophysicists telling young children that yeah. all you are is star stuff. And you live, you die, that's all there is to it. Mm. When you lose your purpose, when you lose your identity yeah. through Christ, right? Then you have this feeling of, of selfless, of self-worthlessness yes. that just really drives you down. And I think we've seen a lot of that happening in society today. There is a lie happening right now in our culture that people can just choose your identity. Yeah. You can choose who you are. And I, and I don't even mean the, the difference between male and female at this point. Yeah. I think people are, um, they've taken it even further and, and they think that's freedom, right? They think that that is going to provide the freedom that they want. Yeah. And yet that's exactly the opposite of what would help them find out who they are yes and it's only by our maker it's only by the ultimate creator that we know who we are and how much we're loved people are so lonely today they're lonely and in, and seeking an identity to be unique and to have their place yeah. in society right and what we don't realize is we are unique I mean, just look at your DNA, look at your fingerprint. Yeah. Everything about you is unique. You don't need some subset of a of an identity to try to identify who you are. Yeah. God loves you and he has made you unique out of every other person on planet mm -hmm. Earth. Live it. There's not a voice of truth yeah. right now for many in our culture. And I, I really believe, you know, we, we hit this fad. I don't know really how long it was ago, but we hit a fad where people were saying my truth. Yeah. Oh, well, that's your truth. Yeah. There's only one thing that can be true, mm -hmm. but we don't talk about that. Yeah. And in our faith, mm -hmm. Jesus is the way, the truth and the life. Yeah. And so I think there's some mass confusion right now. I think the spiritual is often more real than what we see. And there are things happening in the spiritual that are keeping people in bondage. They think it's freeing. They think it's liberality yeah. to, to say who they are and say what they believe and all of that, but there are no boundaries and without boundaries, right. it's like you, you can't really understand fully uh, what is what in life? You can't understand what is what. And again, when you t start talking about my truth versus the truth, that's where objective morality versus relative morality yeah. comes in. And you're in a situation where, and I'm not saying that everyone who believes in my truth is like this, but the mentality where it eventually leads is this whole idea that we can decide for ourselves what's right and wrong. Yeah. And ultimately, I mean, if you're around good people, then maybe you can suppress that. But eventually you're going to want only what is good for you and not what is good for everyone else. Yeah. You could take it one step further and say that Stalin, Hitler, and many others had decided for themselves relative morality. Yeah. They were like, for me, this is moral because I'm doing society good by doing what... 
Well, that's what the Bible clears up. That's what Jesus clears up. It gives us that truth. And we've seen the same thing happening today within the last few years with science, right? Mm -hmm. The science. Well, there is only one science. Science is always factually correct. But then you have scientists who interpret the facts one way or the other. And scientists lie. Science is always going to align with the truth and with 100% factual nature. I would even say that's true in, in the realm of Christendom. Yeah. We've got, you know, there's one Bible, <laughs> we, but we have some interpretations. And then when people are, you know, uh, disseminating hermeneutics, <laughs> you know, they have an idea of how we should interpret the Bible. Yep. And everyone, just, and that's why I tell people, you, you have to read it for yourself. Right. You have to allow the whole, because there's an X factor there called yeah. the Holy Spirit. Amen. And you allow the Holy Spirit to bring the right things to light yeah. and bring the truth to life. That's one of the things that's going on. You mentioned seminary, right? But in many seminaries, people are taught to interpret scripture through the thoughts of other men, right? Yeah. And there is, of course, uh, exegesis versus eisegesis. But what we find is we find the interpretation injected and held to a higher standard than God's word itself. Yes. And that's, I mean, this is not anything new. that's passed down through generations. No, Jesus was dealing with the same thing. He was looking at the scribes and Pharisees of his day, and he said, he said, you're hypocrites. You bind grievous burdens too heavy to be borne, and yet you yourself won't touch it with one finger, right? You put laws of men on everyone else, but you don't do those same laws. You hold everybody else to a different standard. We've seen this for thousands of yes. years, but we see it even more today when people can deceive using media, when people can deceive using social media, when people find a platform and use that platform to push their views of theology and hermeneutics and yeah. all of the interpretation of God's word, when in reality, even the smallest child can understand God's word. Yeah. Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. It is pretty simple in a lot of ways. And I think there is a a sphere of truth that, um, you know, as you're learning, your sphere of knowledge grows. But also, if you think of it as the circumference around that sphere of knowledge is what you don't know. Mm -hmm. So as it grows... So does the amount that you realize you don't know. So the more you know, the more you know you don't know. <laughs> if that makes any sense. And it does. I, I wrote a song called Look What You've Done. And in the chorus, I was very specific about the words I use. You spoke your truth mm-hmm. into the lies that I had believed. I wanted to be very careful about saying God's truth, uh, not mine, yes. not someone else's. Yes. And that's what this book is about. It's basically my life story in short form of like, you know, funny stories, a little psychology, a little scripture, a little uh, Bible study, all kind of built in. And my hope with this book, Bob Goff wrote the forward and he's just a phenomenal human. He's just a good human guys. Just get to know him and his books too. But, um, this, I basically wanted people to see the thread of God's hand through the ups and down downs, the ugly the, the highs and lows, and through seeing his hand in my story that maybe they could see his hand in theirs. Because sometimes it's easy to, you know, believe 
good for other people, but not really for yourself. Yes. Um, but when you can see God's hand weaving through the bad mm-hmm. and the hardship, sometimes it can help you see his hand in your own hardship. <laughs> right. Because, again, especially if you're in the middle of that hardship. Yes, now, it's, it's always hard to see. easy after the fact. Maybe it takes a few years to get there. But after the fact, it's always easy to look back and see, you know what? I grew through this hardship. I grew mm-hmm. through this trial. You know, that was actually it was preparing me for something else. Yeah. But in the moment, oh, that's tough. And if you can share your story to help others understand that, hey, in this moment, I know it seems like the toughest thing yeah. on planet Earth, but there is a reason for this, and the Lord will get you through it, right? Yeah. We're in his hands, ultimately. I love how David relays emotions throughout the Psalms, yeah. and in the Psalms, he'll say, woe is me, you know, he'll just, <laughs> he'll, he'll talk so much about how hard it is and what he's facing. And then there's what I like to call a hope point, yeah. but God. You, O Lord, are the lifter of my head. You are this. You're Mm -hmm. my deliverer. You're my fortress. And no matter what he's going through, Mm -hmm. his eyes turn back to his maker. His eyes turn back to God. And he he continuously tries to point the reader back to, to who is the source of everything he could ever hope or need. And point back to the idea that the entire universe is proclaiming his glory yeah all of creation groans all of creation groans but he is king of all of the earth he is king of everything and my favorite verse is psalm 19 the heavens declare the glory of god Mm -hmm. the firmament shows his handiwork so in other words look around everything's showing his handiwork yeah day into day utter speech and night after night shows knowledge but there's no speech nor language where their voice is not heard so it's like the heavens are shouting out at us Mm -hmm. that there is a grand designer that we're not accidents that we have purpose and of course all you have to do is realize that the creator loved you so much The creator of this vast universe, the creator of you and I, loved us so much that he became flesh and dwelt among men so that we, to live, die, and be raised again, so that we could be a part of his family for eternity. Now, when you realize that our creator is also our redeemer, that Mm -hmm. our savior is the maker of it all, that's where it just hits you and you realize everything around me is proclaiming God's glory. Yeah. God could have chosen to be alone, but he didn't. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. Ten commandments. The first four are vertical, but the other six are horizontal. It matters. Even in the Old Testament, when they they celebrated Sabbath, they did so together. If one person was missing, it was noted. Mm -hmm. And so I think we've lost that sense of community and togetherness that really is an embodiment of how what God wanted it and intended it to be. Yeah. Um, it's all kind of like we're, we're heading back to Eden. It's a return to Eden in some sense. It is where everything was messed up. As you mentioned, all creation groans because of us. It's not because of anything God did, yeah. but it's because of us. The thing we have to remember is he still wants that relationship with us and he's provided a way we've got to get beyond all of these little petty things and get back to him. Yep. Now, you mentioned, uh, do you write 
most of your songs? Do you have co-writers? Do you, do you have always, a team that you... I always write, okay. and I usually write with co-writers because okay. I think that's the best way. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's power in numbers, you know? Um, but I, I don't know that I could truly own some of the things that I sing about unless I... You know, was right. part of the writing process it was, it for was sure. Very personal. So yeah. a lot of your lyrics are very, very, very personal. Yeah. And sometimes when you write something so personal, it ends up being the most universal. And yes. I think that's become the case for a lot of the songs that have been on the radio. People write in every day. I just read probably ten or fifteen messages before I got here of people saying this song changed my life. God used this to speak to me. Blah yeah. blah blah. And it's because I'm touching on real emotions and we're not staying shallow with the lyrics we're trying to lead them somewhere because i'm I'm too old to mess around and just write (laughs) silly shallow songs like i you know i'm I'm not uh i'm called to this you know i'm not i'm not here for the music you know i love music but it's just a door it's it's a door and it's a door where if that's what you're gifted with then you're going to reach a, a different audience you mentioned people write in and say you know this song changed my life yeah and that is this particular audience right and then right outside of that audience is another one we've had jason crab on stage right and and of course he gets a similar message from his songs but from a different set of people so in other words and people call into our ministry all the time i get letters that i can't even read in languages that i don't even know what they're and they say you know we've been really touched with your television programming and all of that. What's neat is the people that I'll reach, you might not be able to reach. Yeah. But the people that you reach, whatever I say might not connect with them. So in other words, as the body of Christ, we're all working together as members joined together so that we're each reaching a particular subset and that comes together as an amazing whole, doesn't it? You know, that reminds me of a scripture, David, <laughs> in the New Testament about the body and yep. its parts and how we are all a certain part yep. and we can't be trying to be parts that we're not. Yeah. We can't be trying to be things that we're not. And I, I think that is essentially what everything we've talked about centers around in some sense of we are trying to be people that we're not yeah. we're we're trying to be something that god has not said Do, you know we have to lean in to who we are who he made us to be that's because right. that's where we're going to thrive that's where we're going to see the most fruit in our lives both personally and through us is being who god made us to be who he intended us to be Amen. Amen. Tasha, thank you for joining us today. Uh, here in a few moments, you're going down to the dinner theater where uh, the the first VIP experience begins. Uh, we're going to have an, an amazing chef catered dinner. Uh, you'll do a question and answer session. Then we're going up. Those VIPs get the best seats in the house. And we're going to the Wonders Theater where everybody else will get to hear you perform some of these amazing hits that you have right now uh, as well as these very personal songs that connect with so many people thanks for what you do thanks for changing the narrative uh, when it comes to christian radio today to the music that we're listening to today uh, when it comes to touching lives in a unique way through your books uh, and we hope to have you back thank you so much it's my honor really all right and thank you for joining us on changing the narrative i'm david reeves remember until next time to keep looking up because 
truly, the heavens declare the glory of God. Find us on all social platforms to stay informed.